Hey, this is BJ. So, my friend Lee McCormick and I, he's been a guest on Rock and or Roll many times. Lee had a podcast called Tramps Like Us, which ended recently. For years now, for a few years, Lee and I have been working on a podcast where we do an episode per minute about the film Strange Brew. So there are a lot of these movies by the minute podcasts. It all started with the Star Wars minute years ago, but there's hundreds of them now, I think. And this was actually Lee's idea years ago to do this podcast, and we started working on it during the pandemic. And I wanted to get the word out. So the podcast is called Strange Brood, The Fleshy-Headed Minute. I'll put a bunch of links, but, you know, if you just search on any podcast platform, you'll find it. Just search Strange Brood, The Fleshy-Headed Minute. Fleshy-Headed. If you're familiar with the movie, there's a character in the film, The Fleshy-Headed Mutant. And we turn that into The Fleshy-Headed Minute. So the podcast has been coming out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the past couple weeks. And this week we released an episode about the theme song for the film Strange Brew, written and performed by Ian Thomas, Dave Thomas's brother, Dave Thomas, a.k.a. Doug McKenzie. And I thought I would drop that episode here in the Rock and or Roll feed just to help get the word out about Strange Brood, the fleshy-headed minute, which is the new podcast that has been launched by myself and Lee McCormick, where we examine the film Strange Brew minute by minute. So one episode per minute. They're like 15 to 20 minute episodes, and we're releasing three episodes a week, but we also have some interviews and other episodes that are mixed in there. Anyways, please go find Strange Brood, the fleshy-headed minute on whatever podcast platform or app you use, and subscribe to the podcast and give it a listen. But here's a taste. This is Lee and I discussing Ian Thomas and the song Strange Brew. Good day. I'm Roll Doug camera. McKenzie. Take off. Roll I camera. I want to do that. There's no camera in here. Uh, I mean, not. roll tape. I got to give them my theory on, on movies, eh? Where's Beers? I'll find him. Level five. Level five. Plus, you had Okay, yeah, so uh, good day. Welcome to Strange Brood, the fleshy-headed minute. I'm Lee McCormick. This is my co-host, PJ Cramp. How's it going, eh? And today's topic is episode 11, Strange Brew and Ian Thomas, eh? Yeah, his name like, is Ian Thomas. Right. Eh? Beauty.
Okay, yeah, so where we left off in the previous minute was Ian Thomas's credit in Strange Brew. Strange Brew written and composed by Ian Thomas, right, the song. So obviously Ian Thomas, Dave Thomas's younger brother, right? Yep. Yeah, so Ian Thomas and Dave were both uh, from Hamilton, Ontario. Ian was born 1950. You know, Ian became like kind of a singer-songwriter guy. Late 60s and in the 70s is when he had a lot of his success here in Canada, right? He started with a folk group. Uh, they were called Tranquility Bass, and they were like 1970, 1971. And they were kind of that sort of, you know, there was a folk scene in Toronto, right? With uh, like Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, Murray McLaughlin, uh, sort of those guys. So he was kind of part of that, right? Ian Thomas. And he had his, I guess, his first big hit. He left Tranquility Bass uh, for a solo career. And his first big hit was Painted Ladies, 1973. Now, you must know that song, PJ. You know yeah. Ian doesn't have a lot of hits outside of Canada, I don't think. But uh, Painted Ladies Painted Ladies is like his one kind of U.S. hit, right? Yeah, I've had a couple of Ian Thomas records over the years, but I can't say I ever really listened to him very much. Yeah, he, I just bought them because it was Ian Thomas. You yeah, know? yeah. And they were a buck or whatever. Right. I have his, the best of Ian Thomas record came out in, uh, I think, the early 80s, 1980 maybe. And I have a Greatest Hits CD that he put out like in the early 90s, which is pretty good too. But uh, you know what's inconspicuous uh, by its absent on that Greatest Hits CD is the song Strange Brew, though. Right, like I was never really worried because I had the album. Although you can't get the song "Strange Brew" on CD, never released on CD anywhere, I don't think. Right, hmm. unless it's on a compilation or something. But uh, "Strange Brew" the soundtrack has never been released on CD, and I don't think the song has appeared on any Ian Thomas record records or compilations or anything like that. Right, so that's a glaring mistake because that's my favorite song by this guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also have the forty-five too. Yeah, I got the 45 later. I mean, I had the record when it first came out. I love that song, but uh, I never bought the 45 because back then, now I'm now I'm crazy and I just buy everything, even if I have it, right? Because <laughs> I, I want it all. I want the the seven inch and the 12 inch, right? But back then, if it wasn't a different B side, I rarely bought a single if I had the record, right? So, so this the single I got in in later years, maybe in the last 10 years. But it's a cool sleeve. It's got Bob and Doug. Uh, when they were arrested and they have all like the fingerprint thumb marks all over the Ooh, place. I don't have a picture sleeve. Ooh, you don't have a picture sleeve? <laughs> no. Yeah, because no. the front is the picture of those, them, two of them standing in their shirts when they just have right. got fingerprinted and their faces are all inked up, right? <laughs> yeah. And then the, the back of the cover is uh, shows them like from the back, a shot of their, like the back of their heads and stuff. Like that. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ian Thomas, he won a Juno in 1974, which is like uh, the Canadian Grammys most promising right. male vocalist of the year. He had a song called Liars in 1976, which was kind of cool. That was kind of a, like a, more of a rocking song. Uh, he had a song called Right Before Your Eyes in 1977, which was a, like a FM radio staple. It was like a, like a ballad. I love that song because he rhymes There's a, in the chorus, just, uh, just like Rudolph Valentino driving in my limousine. Like he rhymes <laughs> Valentino with limousino in that song. <laughs> So that's cool. Bad, I'm Rudolph Valentino. Pull up in my limousine. Oh, won't you come in out of the rain? And things will never be the same. And then, just like Freddy Garbo, you'll stare like the snow tomorrow. And you'll know what I'm thinking of. Right before. 
So was he pretty famous then in the 70s in Canada? Well, it's hard to say. Back then I was a kid, right? So I didn't yeah. really... Like, I knew these songs in later years. I would hear these songs, and when I realized who Ian Thomas was, and I dug into his catalog, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that song. I know that song. He has about 10 songs that I knew, and they got played on the radio, especially in the Canadian 70s. content. Yeah, Canadian <laughs> content, right? Yeah, so all the radio stations, you know, they had to play Canadian artists. So he had these songs, and, like, you like that AOR-type music, right, BJ? So he's kind of in that vibe. Like, I don't want to say yacht rock, but he's in there, like, with, uh, like, America and Ambrosia and... Uh, some other guys, Dave Mason, Christopher Cross, like like good yeah. harmony vocals, right? Like acoustic guitars, kind of folks. Yeah, that there's different uses for the term AOR, but I don't like that kind of stuff yeah, very I much. I definitely not a yacht rock fan. No, but. I I do have to say I, I like a lot of that music, and it's this era, right? Late '70s, early '80s. This is the music I would hear, you know, grocery shopping with my mom, or yeah, in the, yeah. In the doctor's office they would play these kind of things. Like my parents. When they were like in their 30s, they listened to like uh, CHFI, like these kind of middle of the road Chum FM kind of radio stations, right? And this so- these songs would be all on this, right? And then I guess my first uh, time I ac- actually saw Ian Thomas was he guested on SCTV in 1981, yep. which was a <laughs> great. So this is one of my favorite SCTV episodes. It's a full Bob and Doug episode, right? Not other, it doesn't go into other characters. It's just focused on Bob and Doug. This episode starts with, you know, Bob and Doug are doing a great, taping a Great White North episode. And it's kind of the tail end of that. You know, they're leaving the show and the crew starts making fun of them. Right, and they're like, yeah, they're like, like, nice topic, guys. Like, (laughs) and then Bob and Doug immediately like they feel bad. They're like, oh man, we got to get some better topics. Like these guys are making fun of us. Right, they they have a little bit of complex. Like they want to be the cool kid in the crowd, but they're always kind of the (laughs) the picked on nerds a little bit, you know. So they're like, we got to get some better topics. They run into this guy Brian Johns, who has this other show. He has another talk show on SCTV, and he's always got great topics. Right, so then they they bump into Johnny Larue later, and Johnny Larue kind of uh, gives them an idea to kind of how they can get a topic. Right, so this topic is going to be on the music business. Right, they're going to kind of kind of steal one of Brian Johns's topics and kind of <laughs> try and get a good topic for their next Great White North show. Right, Brian Johns is Eugene Levy, right? Yeah, Brian Johns is yeah. played by Eugene Levy, the great Eugene Levy. <laughs> yeah, and Yorkdale and Lawrence Plaza. So yeah, so we went to ten different plazas and there was like movies in all of them and some had like double movies yeah okay so that's our show for today uh, p.s eh like uh don't forget how to how to break into cars uh your own car like we showed you with code okay so that's our show for today we're out of time so good day good day eh you you're such a hose why do you're not supposed to Tell people that we know how to break into cars. Oh, take off. Cops won't know we do it. Oh, yeah. How are they going to know then? Well, what? They won't know. And stop changing topics, will you? You pick rotten topics. Yeah, well, like, you're always changing. Here, give me the bacon. Put the bacon right on here. Okay. Like, really, eh? Cut it out. Oh, Oh, jeez. Move. We better get out of here. Okay, see you guys, eh? Yeah. Uh, Nice show, guys. Oh, thanks. Okay, let's strike this crap, will you? We got a real show to do.
those guys are laughing because our topic was so bad. Yeah, well, that's been happening, like, a lot lately. Yeah, whose fault is it, eh? Not mine, Jose. Oh, you guys uh, finished your show? Oh, no, Brian. We're, like, on a 15-minute coffee break. <laughs> hey, Brian, what's your topic today? I'm uh, interviewing a rich industrialist, William E. Douglas. Uh, should be a pretty good show. Oh, I bet you he's even got his topic for tomorrow. Do you? Well, tomorrow, Doug, uh, I'm going to be covering the rock music industry and uh, finding out just how to get rich being a rock star, so... I told you. We're just about ready for you in here, Brian. Oh, okay, here I come. Show business. See ya. Boy, he's far ahead, eh? Yeah, well, like, what he does, we could never do. He's an expert in his field. Oh, get out. We, could, we can get a good topic, eh? No way, eh? Like... We're going to get fired if we don't come up with some good topics, eh? Like, maybe we should just go out and find one. Yeah, okay. Here you go, hosehead. Okay, smokes, all right. Thanks, man. She's my brand, too. You're a real ace. Okay. Like, I got the smokes and the beer, so, like, did you think of a topic yet? I do have a topic. I think we should do something on the music business. Take off! That's Brian John's topic. Oh, come on. The music business is a huge topic. We could do a rock star. No way. Forget it. Oh, here's Johnny LaRue. Let's get out of here. No, relax, okay? Just don't let him talk us into lending him money or washing his car. Hello, boys. Hi, Hi, Mr. LaRue. Mmm, back bacon and beer. You want some back bacon? No. How about a beer? Love one. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Say, you boys need any pocket money? We're now washing your car. No. Take off. We're loaded. We got 385 bucks. Don't tell him that, eh? 385 bucks? That's a lot of money. You ever think of a... Investing that money? It's already in, invested in, like, saving for a tape deck. <laughs> tape deck? That's kid stuff. Do you know anything about nightclubs? Yeah, we know they're too big to wash, eh? <laughs> <laughs> too big to wash. I'm investing in a nightclub. I'm going down there tonight. They're looking for a few more investors. It's only $200 a share. You can triple your money in three weeks. Oh, no way. You can't triple your money in three weeks, eh? Take off, eh? It's not going to cost you anything to look, is it? We'll go down in the limousine. <laughs> With the gerbils. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll go. We'll go. Good, good. Yeah, I'll start washing the limousine now. It'll make a good impression on the owner. Yeah, I'll probably be here all day, too. But the gerbils, they do like a nice clean limousine. Okay. okay. We'll wash the limo for you. Good. What time are you going to pick us up? Why don't I just meet you there, huh? Okay. okay. All right. Say, why don't you wax the car? All the stuff's in the trunk. And clean the chrome, not like last time. Okay. Boy, how come whenever you meet up with LaRue, you end up feeling like you got hosed, eh? Yeah, except we'll, like, go with him to the club, because, like, there'll be good topics there, eh? Yeah, so Johnny LaRue and Bob and Doug, they go to this, this music club, and uh, they, they want to check out this band. And uh, the band that's playing is Ian Thomas, right? And we get Joe Flaherty. He plays like the club owner or the manager. He introduces Ian Thomas, right? And they play this song, uh, Hold On. All right, everybody, listen up. 
Let's have a nice warm welcome for the Ian Thomas Band!
then after that song happens, you know, the, the, the fight breaks out at the club, right? Uh, Bob and Doug have gotten up to get some beers, right? And while they've gotten up, these two kind of biker guys have stolen their, their seats uh, <laughs> that, where they were sitting next to Johnny LaRue and Brian Johns, right? So after this show, after the, the Ian Thomas uh, hold on song, a fight breaks out and everything like that, right? Bob and Doug end up kind of getting backstage, and that's when they, they kind of hook up with uh, Ian Thomas, and they invite him to come on the Great White North. And they're like, yeah, we want you to be the topic, right? And that's when they realize a big revelation that Ian Thomas is actually a hoser, just like them, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, he says that this would be like stealing Brian Johns' topic. Yeah, well, he thinks it's okay to do that because, like, Brian got beat up and arrested, eh? Well, like, nobody's going to do this, eh? It's a waste of a topic. Oh, take off. Two wrongs don't make yeah. a right, okay, eh? Okay, two wrongs. Take two off. Wrongs. I'm doing this, and don't you blow it. Okay. Pow! What do you guys want? Beat it! Uh, no, we're, we're here to uh, interview the Ian Thomas. What's your name? Um, I'm Brian Johns, and this is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? <laughs> yeah, I got a Brian Johns here, no Doug. Yeah, uh, well, he he's like, okay, eh? Like, he's my roadie. He has all of the, my pens and questions. Do you vouch for him? What? Vouch. You know, vouch. You guarantee he won't pull anything. Yeah, he won't, he won't pull anything. Got a Brian Johns here, his brother Doug. You want me to send him in? He won't pull anything, eh? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, thanks a lot, eh? Thanks a lot. Get out here. Who are you guys? Uh, we're from the Brian Johns show. Yeah, yeah, so which one is Brian Johns? Uh, I'm Brian. And I'm John. Uh, we heard you like talking about making a video disc, eh? And like we like to help you with it. Yeah, cause like we're experts in our field, eh? Are you are you guys Canadian? How did you know that? They got a Canadian too, eh? I can spot a hoser a mile away. Oh, oh, but like you don't sound Canadian when you're like singing, eh? No, no, that's like, because, like, when you're in the music business, eh, like, you gotta use, uh, a voice like this, so people can tell that in actual fact, you are a hoser. <laughs> oh, do that again, eh? All right, let's go, let's get this show okay, started. Right. Okay, uh, okay. Ask him, will you, like, uh, uh, come on our show tomorrow and, like, be our topic? Anything for a couple of fellow hoses. Eh? Oh, we got a topic. Oh, beauty. Oh, oh, let's get loaded. Okay. Where's the beer? I don't know. All right, so we have Ian Thomas busts into this hoser voice, which is awesome. Because, I mean, it's, it's fucking Dave Thomas's brother, right? And he's doing... The, one of the McKenzie brothers' voices, right? So it's cool. And it's as not just the voice, but facial, ex- you know, the facial expressions too. You gotta look stupid. Yeah, as soon as he goes into this voice, yeah, you know, it's like his eyes bug out and his lips <laughs> turn. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I need to talk like this when I'm dealing with people, so people don't realize I'm a hoser. Eh? But, <laughs> and Bob and Doug are blown away that he's able to like go into these two different voices, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we finally get. Uh, the episode of the Great White North, where the topic is rock stars. If you blow this one, your life's on the line, okay? Okay, go. 
I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother Doug. And How's it going, eh? Like the reason he went into the drums and everything is because our topic, we got a topic today, are, uh, is rock stars, okay? And here's one. Yeah, his name like, is Ian Thomas. Right. And like, you can tell he's a rock star, right? Okay, so this is our best topic ever, eh? Okay, so uh, we got like a lot of questions for him. Yeah. Okay, so do those voices. This is, this is neat. Yeah. What, what these guys are talking about is, because I'm from Canada. He, oh, he's from Canada. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Because, I was saying, okay, yeah. before you okay. interrupted, yeah. okay. Okay. okay? Okay. Because I'm from Canada, yeah. I like normally talk like this, eh? But because I have to deal like with lawyers and agents, I talk in this voice. It's a much better way to deal with them, don't you think? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that great? Okay, so, uh, what else? We, okay. There's oh, more I have a, a oh. question, eh? Okay. Okay, uh, Ian, uh, how long have you been together? I, I've never been together. Great answer, eh? This, this is a great topic. Yeah. Okay, so uh, last night when we were researching the topic, right, we went to, like, the club where Ian uh, is playing, right, and we went into his dressing room, and there were, like, lots of beers there and, um, and uh, people. So anyway... So what happened was we got loaded and Brian Johns got beat up, uh, beat up and taken out of the club. Okay, so don't we, tell well, we, the whole Yeah, story. but we got his camera and we made a video disc. You're not gonna roll that thing. Yeah, are you? yeah, we're gonna roll no, the video disc. No. Okay, we made Can't a video disc, of Ian. No. So roll it, no. roll it, no. roll it. What do you think you guys are doing? Oh. Well, we just thought we'd, like, make the video disc now. Yeah, we drank all the beers in your dressing room, eh? And we got loaded and thought we'd do it now. You're not, like, kicked off, eh? Look, I love you guys, but could you just sit down and we'll talk about it later, okay? Okay, but, like, later. you're not ticked. We'll talk later. Okay. All right, eh? Let's go! Put that down there. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
Who's some footage of Bob and Doug? They're loaded at the show the previous night at the show, and they're filming. They got this camera right, and they're they're, <laughs> they're filming Ian's show. And then there's a clip of Ian Thomas Band doing the song "Pilot." Right now, this is interesting because uh, there's this little like a YouTube show called Behind the Vinyl. I don't know if you've heard of that, BJ. I should have turned you on to this a while ago. You would dig it. It's a Canadian program that's put together by a radio station here, 97.3. I think it's Boom FM. And they have this program called Behind the Vinyl where they take these artists and they actually get the artists to drop the needle on their record, their vinyl record. Right, So they're sitting there in a chair and they're next to a turntable and they drop the needle on a record. And as the record's playing, the full duration of the song, whether it's three minutes or five minutes, the artist kind of just talks about the song and whatever kind of interesting facts behind the song come up, they kind of mm. speak about that as the song is playing, right? So so there's one of Ian Thomas talking about this song, Pilot, and it's interesting because he's, he mentions, you know, Rick Moranis was a DJ back in the 70s, and he loved this song, Pilot, by Ian Thomas. So when Ian Thomas guested on SCTV, Rick requested that he played this song, Pilot. <laughs> right? Oh, cool. Yeah, and the other thing that he mentions, too, is the song, Pilot, has this little flute recorder part that that happens throughout the song, right? Ian mentions in this little clip how he kind of took that from that same nature show that, you know, Dave Thomas took the <laughs> right? So, so Dave has that where he influenced his hoser uh, character's theme song, right? And Ian took that little clip and turned it into this kind of lick for this tune, which is a <laughs> really neat, right? There it is. Pull along. Hugh Syme on the Fender Rhodes. Pilot. Uh, of course, that's, this song takes me back to 1978, I think. And uh, I just watched a program called Alternative 3. It was a BBC documentary on how basically the, the earth was screwed. Uh, big business had already traveled to... Uh, had set up on on the dark side of the moon and they had a there was a it was a whole thesis they had going there were as one of the apollo flights went around to the dark side of the moon one of the astronauts was heard saying what is that down there why didn't you tell us about and it went to white noise and uh so this was all part of the their hypothesis and there were a lot of uh scientists who were missing from the scientific pool in that window so out of that emerged a collection of songs because I just thought it was a fascinating premise. And I didn't think that it was particularly far-fetched that big business uh, would really end up screwing humanity. And here we are <laughs> with uh, global warming and big business for the most part not really giving a damn. So I found it hilarious that a song about big business screwing the planet and the human species, their own species, for God's sakes, ended up being a hit in the discos. People were dancing to it. That always made me laugh. Uh, doing the album was great fun. We did it at Phase One Studios in Toronto. It was the first in, a, album I engineered by myself, engineered and produced. And uh, I did the bed tracks at phase one, but then I rented a truck because I got tired of driving to Toronto. So I had this truck called Le Truck, it was from Montreal, rented, uh, uh, the guy who owned it was Guy Charbonneau, and whenever Guy called me, it was, hello, yeah, yeah, it's Guy. He never called me Ian, he couldn't get his, wrap his mouth around it, so I was, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had his truck in my driveway, 
I mixed this song at three o'clock in the morning. I I got up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. Made myself a cup of tea. Went out into the truck. Fired up the 24 track and uh, just started mixing. And by breakfast time, it was finished. And uh, I I loved that this was. Uh, a modern song and the lead instrument, the recorder, was a Renaissance instrument, which made me laugh. But it had such a it had such an odd sound. And it had sort of been in my consciousness because my brother Dave, a couple of years later with the Bob and Doug stuff, um, when we came back from the States, uh, when my dad was doing his PhD down there, when we came back to Canada, it seemed like all we were ever, all we ever saw on TV were National Film Board documentaries, and it'd be some guy in a canoe, and there'd be a lonely recorder, or for Dave, it was this lonely recorder and some guy paddling, talking about the pollution killing the fish and the mercury poisoning killing the people and. Uh, no matter if it was about the beaver, an industrious little fellow, whatever the documentary was, here would be this would be this lonely recorder thing. Maybe that's why the sound of the instrument was in my head when I'd written the song, and I was looking for something that that worked around that turnaround of chord changes. Uh, which I figured out on my Fender Rhodes, and I, I, I love the shape of it, sort of going from major to minor. And, uh, and then when I had Bob Deutsch, a friend in Hamilton, who ended up buying Grand Avenue Studios from Danny Lanois, uh, both Danny and Bob came out that day. Uh, no, uh, yeah, Danny and Bob Deutsch and Danny Lanois came out to the, to Le Truc in my driveway while I was recording uh, Bobby uh, doing the recorder part and uh, it was just it was the icing on the cake and I thought Bobby Deutsch just uh, just aced just aced it this song uh, ended up being a favorite across the country with radio they played the daylights out of it which was great um, and it also ended up it was uh, one of Rick Moranis's favorite songs. Rick Moranis was a jock at Chum uh, when that song was out and uh, a disc jockey at, at Chum and uh, actually it was his request that uh, I do pilot uh, on the uh, on the Second City show. So I, I did two songs there. One was Hold On from The Runner and uh, this song Pilot from the Glider album. That's the story of Pilot. Yeah. That's a great episode of SCTV. So then that leads, I guess, into the song Strange Brew, right, which came a few years later. Uh, obviously, Dave just got Ian Thomas to, to cut the song for the, the movie. And it's a, it's a beauty song, right? It's like my favorite Ian Thomas song. The one thing I'll say about the song is that the lyrics don't really reflect the plot of the movie. So I don't know if he, <laughs> I, he, I don't know if he read the script and then just came up with it or if Dave said, yeah, it's a song called Strange Brew. See what you can come up with, right? But uh the song Strange Brew is about he, this guy, uh, he's not feeling well, so he goes to the doctor, and uh, he meets this girl, and she takes him home, and she gives him this beer, and she kind of, like, drugs him, and this beer's got drugs in it. He starts feeling sick over this beer. 
kind of thing, right? People are looking at him and saying they, they're sorry that he doesn't look so good and he, he drank more than he should kind of thing, right? Yeah, Strange Brew, it's a beauty song, man. What do you think of Strange Brew, the song, actually? Yeah, I love the song, but it's very 80s. Very, very, you know, very 80s production. Yeah, the drums but, um, are like, the, the drums are kind of got a cool sound. Yeah. But it's definitely electric drums, like, do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have no problem with the production. I, But, you know, I've loved this song since the first time I heard it in the movie, you know, when I was 10 years old or whatever. Oh, dude, I remember um, sitting in that theater and, and just being so excited about this movie and seeing it for the first time through the eyes of a nine-year-old Bob and Doug McKenzie fan, right? And when that song kicked in, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a rock song, and it's called Strange Brew." And I'm like, "I couldn't wait to get the soundtrack after uh, after I saw that film, right?" Yeah, it has a it has a great groove and a great melody, and I love the gang vocals on the chorus. It's you know, it's awesome. Yeah, I love the song so personally. You, you have some notes on this, and and who who played on this? Like Ian Thomas. Uh, yeah, I have it all. Plays guitar and sings, but I think some of the guys from Max Webster also played on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually have an email that Ian Thomas sent me explaining the whole, how the song came to be. Oh, sweet. So I could give that a read, but I, I don't think I can do a hoser voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. So the, I'll just read the email that Ian sent me. It's He just tells the story of the song. So cool. he says, I got the call from my brother Dave and Rick Moranis on a Thursday. They were nearly finished editing Strange Brew, the Bob and Doug movie. The composer they hired worked okay for the body of the film, but they didn't feel like they had an interesting enough underscore opening or closing. Further to that, they thought the opening should also be an editable rock song that could be used in its entirety on radio. They were in a hurry. Could I write and record something and have it FedExed by the following Tuesday? So this is Thursday, and they want the song by Tuesday. Four or five days. He's got a weekend to come up with it. Yeah. I said, sure. They overnighted a VHS tape of the opening and closing of the film for me to work with. So like you were saying, that's all he had was the opening. He didn't really know anything else about the movie, I guess, except they were driving around in a van. And uh, I mean, over the closing, it must just be over the. Is that? Yeah. Is it doesn't it play when they drive the they're driving the truck away at the end? Right. Yeah. For a little bit. But then it cuts. Yeah. The, uh... Kind of so I don't know. All he had to work with basically was vehicles. <laughs> well, you think D- uh, Dave could have told him? Yeah, this, the movie's called Strange Brew, and it's about a guy that's drugs beer, and he's trying to. Yeah, right. I guess he had the, just the basic idea of the drugged beer or something yeah. too. Yeah. Um, three days and FedEx on Monday for a Tuesday delivery. Right. So he had he had a uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to write and record. And everything the song. Um, I spent the rest of that Thursday looking for a couple of approaches and did rough demos on two separate ideas. They called the next morning and I played them the demos over the phone. Rick really liked one idea and Dave agreed. So the VHS arrived. I had a picture to work to for timing and structure and went back down to my basement studio. What was needed was a little dramatic underscore that blossomed into a full-blown song. Lyrics started. It dawned on me I better book a studio, so I managed to book time at Phase One Studios in Toronto. So is that a... It's, I've been there. I know where Phase One is. Yeah. yeah. He says, I thought about musicians and phoned the late Dave Cooper, a wonderful rock and roll guitar player who had been in my band for a few years. I got a hold of Gary McCracken, the drummer with Max Webster. I also asked Terry Watkinson to bring a couple of synths. Yeah, he so, played with Max Webster as well, yeah. Yeah, so those two cats, Gary McCracken and uh, Terry Watkinson, they're, they're like... Legendary Toronto rockers, man, working with Max Webster and uh, 
uh, Kim Mitchell and that band was was awesome. So I asked Terry Wakatsu to bring a couple of synths. He had a wonderful head for synthesizer programming. That's what Ian said. So I had all the musical resources I needed. The arrangement for the body of the song was finished by late Friday night, and on the Saturday I worked on the closing theme variation and finished the lyrics. We recorded on the Sunday starting at around 10 in the morning. The recording session was great fun, and the guys played well. Of course they played well. They were pros and veterans and rock and rollers all. (laughs) Well, there's no no bass player, right? So Terry Watkinson is kind of playing this like synth bass line. Yeah, on the keyboards, right? Where he's and he's playing like these like kind of organ licks over top. So there's it's probably like three or four dominant keyboards kind of carrying the groove and the riffs, and then the electric guitars come in with like punches and licks over top of that, doubling the keyboards and the bass uh, kind of bed that he's put down there, right? Yeah, and they were definitely going for an '80s movie song vibe. Yeah, they definitely had that in mind. You could tell, uh, which I love '80s movie songs. So. <laughs> Um, I put the lead vocal down, then chorus harmonies. I think Gary and Terry also sing a unison tagline at the end of the choruses to thicken it out. So I guess, yeah, the gang vocals. The str- so, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 All that's great. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this song is, I love it. It's really great in my opinion. And it's funny that it was done so fast and just like few different versions of this the soundtrack includes the 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 album single version which kind of doesn't really appear in the film the song that was released as a single and it has kind of bob and doug doing voiceovers in between the verses similar to take off as they were those guys that talk over records kind of thing right yeah and they're doing their stick and then there's another version on the record on the album that closes the soundtrack album is called another strange brew this was the flip side to the single and this is an extended version with film dialogue. So instead of Bob and Doug doing their voiceovers, this has actual audio uh, clips from the movie, other characters and stuff like that. Level five, all that stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's an also another version that's never been released, I don't think, commercially. But I found this on YouTube and I downloaded it. And it's called, like, it's the extended version with, uh, no, it's sorry, it's the film version. It's the version that happens over the title credits starts with that little bass drum hi-hat part and it was cool to have that version digital version yeah it sounds like ian tried to give them a lot to work with in the editing so they had yeah they had something basically to fade in fade out you know stuff like that i think He t- you know, there's a little more to the email, but it's um just about him FedEx. He FedExed it to them in Los Angeles, so that's where they were, I guess, editing the movie. And um, yeah, it was all. I mean, it seems like it was almost an afterthought that they asked him for a song, 
they must they must they were finishing up the film and they were like well we like, we need like a song and like you know they even said something that could get on the radio so even though I don't think the the song ever got much attention or airplay, but it should have because it was awesome. Well, and it's an obvious choice, right, to ask Ian, Dave's brother. Yeah, and then Ian says at the end, he's like, um, that he had never even thought about doing movie scores, but now he's done 22 <laughs> at this point. Wow. And this was his start, you know, this was his introduction to the world of doing music for movies. Yeah, he did a song before Strange Brew, and do you know who Terry Fox is, BJ? I know the name. I can't. I can't um, place it. Though. Yeah, Terry Fox is. A, he's a legendary guy here in Canada. He was diagnosed with uh, cancer there in the late '70s, early '80s, and he, he lost one of his legs. And he he wanted. He to... was a music guy, or no? He was just an, oh, like okay. an athlete, and he just got cancer, and he lost one of his legs, and he he's, he wanted to run across Canada with. Oh, that there's a movie, right? Yeah, with his, he had a fake leg. Yeah, I know that movie. He died yeah. before he could of cancer before he could make the trip. But he's just such an inspirational guy, Terry Fox, uh, and they made a movie about him. And there's a there's a big statue. I think Thunder Bay is where he finished his journey, and they put a big statue. Yeah, I remember that movie from when I was a kid. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Terry Fox is a great guy, and there's a song Ian Thomas had called "The Runner," which was inspired by Terry Fox. Which is cool. Right, right. And it's TV episode. I forgot to mention the big hit of that song, Hold On, was actually done by Santana, right? Santana covered that song, and where he heard it for the first time was on this SCTV episode, right? <laughs> really? That's where Santana heard uh, it? Santana was watching SCTV, he heard this song, and he decided to cover it, and it became a, a big <laughs> hit, right? <laughs> but Hold cool. On, it's kind of got that Frank Stallone kind of, kind of vibe to that song, right? <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention was the bridge on the album version and the single version Bob and Doug do this kind of voiceover talk over thing on the bridge section but on the another strange brew version which has all the kind of clips from the film there's an actual bridge with lyrics Ian's singing like if you see that woman better watch that step you take which is a uh, kind of interesting so there's a, a lyrical bridge on the version another strange brew right if you see that Yeah, man, so that's about all I got on Ian Thomas. In the 90s, he formed another band called The Boomers. They are kind of like a songwriter, uh, kind of semi-supergroup kind of thing. And that's it. I'm sure he's done a lot of stuff since. I know he did the music for the, the cartoon, the Bob and Doug cartoon show in 2009, mm-hmm. which I've never watched. But. Yeah, the, you know, the way I look at it with a, a guy like Ian Thomas is if he never had to have a day job and he just lived, made his career and lived his whole life off of music, then... Oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter how rich he is or whatever that's a massive success absolutely right yeah. there you know yeah the guy's so. been a musician for 50, right. 50 years now right 
Look, I was just listening last night to Graham Parker on the Hustle podcast, and yeah. Graham basically said that he's like, because uh, John Lamro was asking about being a cult act and never really, you know, breaking through anything. He's like, he's like, it's been a lot of years since I even thought about a day job, you know, and and that is to me the the real success right there. And Thomas has all those royalties coming in from Strange Brew. <laughs> yeah. Well, he will now after people have been turned on to him right from the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Ian Thomas, you know, younger brother of Dave and great fellow hoser, right? Something wrong with this beer, eh? Take off. Do it, do it. Oh, good day. I'm Bob McKenzie. This is my brother, Doug. How's it going, eh? We're those guys who talk over songs and wreck them, remember? Yeah, here's another one. Beauty, eh? Okay, don't talk here. Why not? Because the guy's going to sing. Hey,
you. Thank you. Thanks very much. Where are those hosers? Anybody seen the hosers around here? Okay, left their camera here. We'll find those guys. Hardware store. No, if it doesn't have like nails and saws and stuff like that. No, a hardware store does. But like, what a hardware store. Hey, 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 you guys. Hey, what's going on? What? I'm I'm making a video, you guys, with your own camera. No No way. way. (laughs) Get away. Our show's in color. So that's our show for today. Good day. day. Give us our camera back. Get it back. Hey, hey, come here. Give us a Okay, that clears up a lot of things for me. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.